It's Jesse. If you're hearing this, that means my limited edition capsule collection for Joe Fresh is out now. <laughs> In select stores and at joefresh.com, I designed matching pieces for the entire family in a really fun, bold checkerboard print, including a baby romper, toddler and kids dress, a kids t-shirt and short set, a shirt for men, and the cutest women's linen short set that you will live in all summer long. Every piece is under $35 and warning, you will get compliments wherever you go. Shop it now before it's gone. This week on Phone a Friend. I crowned the worst show on television, even though my friend is in it. Taylor Swift is causing amnesia. Is smoking back? Taylor Swift is causing amnesia. And Priyanka the drag queen got banned? This pride, a lot of brands have not come knocking because they don't want to put a drag queen on their brand. If you have kids, make sure they don't listen to this episode because they might turn gay. So warning, it starts now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Girl, let's phone a friend with Jesse. Welcome to Phone a Friend. I'm Jesse Crickshake. It's still Pride Month, and so that just feels appropriate, doesn't it, Producer Jason? It does. It really does. Padam to you. Padam. Padam of the morning to you. Um, hi, friends. Listen, I'm not Target or Bud Light, okay? I am not pulling back on my Pride celebrations this year because I think... That allyship is more important than ever before with all of the backlash that's been happening against Pride celebrations and the LGBTQIA plus communities. You know, you have drag bans happening across the U.S. Brands are halting their Pride campaigns. Pride flags are being taken down at schools in the U.S., now in Canada. And I just have so many questions about all of it. And so I thought I would call the most fabulous person I know, Priyanka the Drag Queen, international icon winner of the inaugural season of Canada's Drag Race, and singer of this banger. Oh, Jason, you feel that? That's good. Uh. 
Oh my god. Bad bitches don't. Bad bitches don't cry, you know? They don't. It's no chicken nugget dreamland, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very catchy. I'm gonna ask this bad bitch. If she is crying a little bit over what is happening in the drag and queer community right now, we'll also talk about the time she was my intern at MTV. Remember that? Yes. Yes. What a that time. That was pre-Priyanka. Yeah, what a time. Exactly. We go way back. And, you know, whether you know Priyanka or not, whether you're like a Drag Race fan or not, this phone call, this conversation feels particularly relevant because here in Los Angeles— which, yes, is in America, but is a very politically progressive city, there have been violent protests breaking out at local elementary schools over whether or not schools should be celebrating Pride Month. Literally, brawls are happening between parents outside of schools five minutes away from where I live because some parents don't think their kids should be taught about Pride in schools. And so yesterday, my friend here in L.A., sends me a picture of parents protesting outside of her kid's elementary school. They're holding these big posters and banners. And I mean, I've been seeing this happen all over the city, so I kind of wrote back like, wow, that's crazy. And she wrote back, Jesse, look at the posters. So I look closer at the posters. The anti-pride posters have my face on it. Here in Los Angeles, parents are protesting outside of schools with big banners with my Face on it. So here's the context. There was an international news story, like really blew up. I think it started in the LA Times, the New York Times, about a Los Angeles teacher who showed her students my video talking to kids about pride. I don't know if you've seen the video or remember it, but Jason, we made that video together. Yeah. What was that? It was at the CBC, what, five years ago? Six years ago? Yeah, 2018. 2018, five? 19, five years ago. And I guess this teacher showed it to her third graders as part of their pride curriculum, and parents got so upset saying that she was indoctrinating their children with my video. This teacher was getting death threats and had to be transferred to another district for her own safety. So I will say this, because Jason, I mean, you would agree, it was, it was never our intention to make that video for kids. No. Right? I mean, it, that was yeah. not, that was, it was not an educational video for children. No. But it was our intention to make that video to celebrate inclusivity, acceptance, and love. And here it is being weaponized to spread messages of homophobia and hate with my face on protest signs that say, the signs say third graders are being groomed with content like this. And then just a picture of me holding a pride flag outside of elementary schools, 10, 15 minutes from my house. It's so strange. It's upsetting. It's sad. It's scary. So scary. Right? And I, I mean, I like, I, here's the thing. I, I do think this issue of whether or not we should educate our kids about sexuality and gender identity in our schools is a completely valid conversation. Like, that's my view. I really do think that this conversation should be had. I don't fault any parent who has questions about how the subject matter should be handled in schools. But I don't think that's what this is about anymore. This has become so divisive, so politicized, that this protest yesterday actually became so violent, Jason, there were police and helicopters and members of the school board were ordered to shelter in place inside of the school. This is like national news until yeah. the parents outside holding their signs with my face on it packed up their signs with my face on it and left. And like, 
I'm sorry. I I just, I really do feel like Taylor Swift. Like, I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative, okay? Like, yes, I got death threats from right-wing extremists when the video came out five years ago. But now, five years later, my dumb video has nothing to do with your fear, your homophobia, your anger. Please take my face off your hateful posters. Is that too much? Sorry. And so at my kids' school, it is literally the opposite. And we have talked about on this show how their school is very progressive. They celebrate Grown-Ups Day, right? Not Mother's Day. And so, Mm -hmm. of course, they have this big Pride Day party this week, you know, which I assume, Jason, a Pride Day party in elementary school is probably like bears wearing bondage and drag queens dancing, you know, lewdly to padum padum. Yeah, don't you spraying agree? Spraying lube out of water guns. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I bet you there's a whole lube water park for the kids, <laughs> honestly. And when they slide through the slides, they come out homosexuals. Yes, I think that's actually the intention of the party. <laughs> We're joking, <laughs> but honestly, like, don't you think that's what parents fear? I think that. You know, those parents, those extreme parents think that celebrating Pride Day will be some sexually explicit free-for-all that could turn their child gay. So our school sent out a newsletter saying this is what Pride Day is. The kids are supposed to wear rainbow colors. Okay, so I got them little t-shirts. They're going to, quote, discuss in an age-appropriate way how love is what makes families. And that seems to me to be what it should be. Yeah. Right? Like, we don't have to get any deeper than that when at five years old. But I do understand if some parents have concerns. And I guess some of the parents, even at my school, did. They expressed them to our principal, who sent an email this morning. And Jason, can I read excerpts from the email on this podcast? Oh, please do. But you're the executive producer, so I don't want to get in trouble. Oh, I read, okay. Like, well, do I get in trouble for reading internal school emails on a podcast? Well, let's see what the, let's see, hear the context. Maybe we'll cut it. Okay, okay. Also, we play Pitbull Weekly without getting sued. So I feel like we could just go for it. Okay. So, and I should preface that our principal identifies as queer and she has twins who are in Dre's class at the school where she's the principal. Okay, so she writes, hello, community. What I love about Pride Day is that we're all wearing rainbow colors to support a community that has historically been told they should be ashamed of who they are and how they love. When rainbows appear, everyone below is gifted with this beauty. Oh my God, Jason, I'm already crying. (laughs) Okay. We cannot make the sky become a rainbow. It happens naturally. Likewise, we cannot will your child to be gay or straight or trans. They are who they are. Either way, it is an indisputable fact that gay people do exist. They love, they contribute, and they are here at this school and the greater world your children will navigate beyond elementary school. It's hard for me to read with tears welling up in my eyes. As a queer educator who's been out for the last 17 years, I was shocked by the parents who are concerned about their children knowing that LGBTQ people exist. Caps locks. This is not up for debate. Of course they exist. At our school, we have many gay families, and 25% of our staff identify as LGBTQ+. We will not be shamed or silenced. My children have the right to see their family structures represented in the stories read at school. My children should not have some classmates leave the room whenever there is talk of gender identity. If Pride Day is not aligned with your values, please make a decision about whether or not this school is right for you. 
We will always lead with love. Signed, The Principal. Mic drop. Yeah. Fucking air horn sound effect. I love that. You bad bitches don't cry. (laughs) I mean, what? Please. I felt that. Yeah. There was more discussion around whether the kids should have blue or yellow name tags on their cubby holds. Like, it was like, this shit is not up for discussion. And if that's not okay with you, leave the damn school. Yeah. Now, I don't know. That might feel extreme on the opposite spectrum, right? Like, it's so complicated. It's very nuanced. What bugs me the most about these stories is that those people are, in order to protect one group of kids, they're yeah. like greatly damaging the other group who, yeah. you know, maybe don't know that they are gay yet or lesbian or transgender. And they kind of have this seed planted in them that it's wrong and bad. And they're just going to carry that with them forever. And you know what really hit for me is that our principal who has kids in the school who are being raised by she's queer, she has a trans partner, like she's saying, I don't want my kids to have this be a taboo subject, to have your children get up and leave when their family structure is discussed. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. It feels so much more extreme now, and maybe I'm naive and was in a bubble, but it's like, even when we did that video with the kids, correct Mm. me if I'm wrong, but I don't even remember thinking there was any risk to it. I didn't think it was a big deal. It was like, oh, let's have bring four kids in and talk about pride. We didn't prime them or prep them for what to say or what not to say. We didn't groom them. We didn't groom them at all. No, they were just like, (laughs) they just, it was, it felt so easy. And then maybe that's what what I remember. I don't know. I don't remember thinking that this was going to like send people off the rails or be put on a poster five years later. Absolutely not. And, and that's because we live in our little bubble. And you're right. At that time, there wasn't this kind of extremism, but The crazy thing about that video, too, is that the CBC was so rigid about our videos, Jason. It was like everybody at that network had to watch them before they could go out because they were, quote unquote, controversial. But that Pride video, everybody loved. And no one thought twice about it. And we posted it. And suddenly, we had Breitbart talking about us. And we had Alex Jones playing our video on his gross podcast. And it was just instantly weaponized as some kind of indoctrination, which was absolutely not the intention. And the fact that that is still happening five years later in my, not just my city, in my community at a school where my friends send their kids. I mean, it's wild. It's so upsetting. I think at the end of the day, like raising a generation that's open and inclusive really comes down to how you raise your kids at home. You don't have to take your kids to a drag brunch to teach them about diversity and inclusivity in an age-appropriate way. But if you want to, you should be able to. (laughs) We're going to get into all of it when I phone the only queen who should be on Canadian money, Priyanka. But before we get into the gays, let's talk about some straights, starting with T-Swift herself. It's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. We're beginning with some somber news today. Taylor Swift is shaking it off. And by it, I mean Maddie Healy. Yes, after only four-ish weeks of unconfirmed dating, sources close to the situation say they are, quote, for sure single. That's an actual quote. 
Jason, I really just hate to see things not work out for people, you know, especially mm-hmm. people who have eight homes, a private plane, and $450 million. So I just want to take a moment to remember the potentially rebound, potentially toxic, and potentially publicity stunt relationship that wasn't even long enough to earn a couple name, like Teely or Swati. <laughs> Cue emotional music. <laughs> Once upon a time, Early May 2023, to be exact, Maddie Healy was seen at all six of Taylor Swift's Nashville concerts. The Swifties weren't happy because of his bad boy reputation, racist comments, sexist comments, and more racist comments. But that bad boy didn't care. He stared at his good girl longingly from the VIP tent, singing along to every song while standing next to Gigi Hadid. Is it a love story? Baby, just say yes. From there, Maddie was spotted at Taylor's townhouse and even hung out with her dad once. On May 12th, they held hands in New York. On May 15th, they went to the recording studio. On May 25th, they went to dinner. This would be the last time they were seen out publicly. Because on June 5th, 2023, they were never getting back together. They broke up, confirmed the end. Sorry, just second time I'm crying in this episode. You just, you hate to see true love end after four weeks. And now we'll be watching to see which of her squad unfollows him on Instagram before we forget that he ever existed. Speaking of forgetting, that was a Taylor Swift reference, by the way. (laughs) I forgot that you existed. Uh, Yeah, good one. Thank you so much. There are just like a Taylor Swift video, Easter eggs throughout that in memoriam that I hope you all picked up. The depths on this podcast, the layers like an onion. Um, Speaking of forgetting, have you heard about this Eras Tour Amnesia phenomenon, Jay? Yes. Yes. It's because you look at TikTok. It's so funny. It's all over TikTok. And FYI, I'm not all over TikTok. My Yahoo News alerts tell me what's all over TikTok, (laughs) okay? My AOL chat is blowing up with what's hot in TikTok. What's hot on TikTok, TikTok, TikTok? Apparently, Taylor Swift superfans are claiming that they're blacking out during her concerts and can't remember anything. So they remember arriving, they remember paying $10,000 for tickets, but they don't remember the actual show. Did she sing this song? Did she sing that song? Like, I can't remember. Like, I know I was there. Most of that three hours is completely gone in my brain. Everyone that I've spoken with has a similar experience of like, oh, that was too good to be true. I definitely don't remember that. So many Swifties have reported this, quote, amnesia that doctors have started speaking out about studies done on the exact topic. And apparently, this is a real thing, okay? Science people, which I'm sure is what they've went to school for 10 years to be called science people. (laughs) Science people say that when you're so excited and overwhelmed by something, like, say, a swan dive into a stage or 16 outfit changes or seeing all-too-well 10-minute versions sung live, there's so much joy for the brain to process that it actually gets in the way of forming and storing new memories. It's either that or a demonic Illuminati ritual that's stealing people's souls. Either way, it's making me feel better about not being able to afford ERA's tickets. What's next? What's next? Oh, okay, this I'm excited for. Everybody has been talking about The Idol, the new HBO show. It was created by The Weeknd. He stars in it with Lily Rose Depp. And so I did what I never do when a hot new show comes out. I watched it. 
Thank you. I sat down with Evan and a bowl of popcorn, and I may or may not have said, let's see what all the fuss is about. Now, I should say that the fuss started when HBO announced the show was being delayed and, quote, completely reworked. And then a Rolling Stone expose was published claiming that there was a toxic work environment, creative clashes, and that the production went, quote, wildly, disgustingly off the rails. They described the show as torture porn. Now, my friend Dan Levy appears in the show. He is great in the show. I mean, I call to tell him he's the best part of the show. But, you know... He has not been posting about it or promoting it, so do with that information what you will. After the bad press, HBO and The Weeknd decided to lean into it, and now they start marketing the show as the sleaziest love story in all of Hollywood, which is generally not what I gravitate towards on a Monday night, okay? But because (laughs) I do God's work on this program, I wanted to watch it so you don't have to. And trust me, you don't have to watch The Idol. Jason, I'd like to give a few geriatric takes from my viewing experience. Yeah, please. Jerry, Jerry, geriatric takes. Because you watched it too, right? Yes, I watched it. So number one, no surprise here, but Lily Rose Depp, daughter of Johnny Depp and Kate Moss, is stunning to look at. When you notice her face, most of the time you're looking at her breasts and underbum because they're exposed 90% of the episode. In scenes where it's integral to the plot, also in scenes where it is absolutely not. Okay? There are so many close-ups of where the bum touches the thigh for no reason. Number two, just to give you a sense of story and plot, when Evan left the room to make more popcorn and returned a few minutes later, he said, what did I miss? I believe I said, quote, oh, nothing. She just masturbated to the weekend while choking herself. Actual plot point. Literally happened. Literally happened. Number three, the whole show just felt like the weekend's wet dream, okay? He created a show that is shot in his own Beverly Hills mansion. That is his house. Oh, I didn't where know that. He, yes, he gets to give music advice and make out and do very rapey things to a 24-year-old model. I just feel like maybe if he hadn't created it, it wouldn't have felt so insidious, but I felt pretty gross watching it, especially that final scene where I believe we were supposed to be aroused by watching him suffocate her with a robe. And I wasn't alone. The Idol is the worst-rated HBO show ever with a staggering 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. And headlines like, The Idol is sexist, gratuitous, exploitative. The Idol pretends to expose exploitation while reveling in it. The Idol is a sleazy new low for HBO. The Idol is crude, gross, but mostly just boring. And more important than all the critics, my husband Evan, after watching episode one, said, quote, he was like, I mean, nothing happened. It was literally just an hour of looking at a hot naked girl. And I was like, sitting on the couch in sweatpants, shoving popcorn in my mouth, like, yeah, totally. <laughs> sitting next to you watch Lily Rose Depp nude like putting ice in her vagina so if you want to watch a hot naked girl get violated by the weekend with a rat tail the idol is for you if you don't just know Dan Levy is great in it and invest your time in selling sunset and those are my geriatric takes Jerry Jerry geriatric takes what's next what's next Okay, I have a question. Another geriatric question. Is smoking back 
Because not a scene goes by in The Idol where Lily Rose Depp's character isn't smoking. I mean, chain smoking, okay? In bed, in a club, in a car, at dance class, on the couch, during an interview. At one point, she pulls out a cigarette in a sauna. I mean, that is a commitment to smoking I didn't realize still happened in 2023, even on a fictional show that celebrates torture porn. On top of that, pictures went viral this week of Jenna Ortega from the Netflix show Wednesday, Jason, your favorite show. I love Wednesday. Smoking at a cafe in London. So she's 20 years old, young enough that we're we're concerned, old enough that she can do whatever she wants, but it did spark outrage from her fans. Like, her fans were shocked that she was smoking. Even her own mom, who's a nurse, was shocked. She reacted by posting a series of Instagram stories about the dangers of smoking, which is incredible. (laughs) I mean, hey, did Jenna see them within 24 hours while eight hours ahead in London? TBD. Do I feel the desperate plight of a mom who is trying to get through to her daughter via a medium she actually checks? Yes, I do. You also have Tom Sandoval chain-smoking with his white nail polish at the Vanderpump Rules reunion. Okay, I feel like all the Vanderpump girls smoke. Amanda was just straight-up vaping while I was interviewing her last week. Like, it ain't no thing. I mean, is it just me? Or is smoking a thing again? Because correct me if I'm wrong, smoking was done. Right, Jason? Like, Smoking was not cool anymore. It was weird to see people smoking. It was not common for someone to step out for a smoke. Like when I was in high school, sure, smoking, peak, cool, okay? I never smoked because I was definitively not cool, but I always wished I did, you know? Like I always rolled up wet toilet paper and pretended to smoke alone in my room all the time because it was cool. Did you smoke, Jason? Yeah, like you did? I did, yeah. Oh my god, when? Like 20s. When I knew you? Yeah, at MTV. Oh my god. Chain oh my smoker. god. Yeah. <gasps> my peak was like pack a day smoker. Stop. Yeah. While you were at MTV? Mm-hmm. But that was the thing. There was like a group of people who would go out and smoke together. It wasn't as there was there was less stigma around smoking. Yeah. It was like that. It literally was the Rachel from Friends storyline where you would like, you take up smoking to get one-on-one time with your boss outside. Yes. Because all of our bosses smoked. Right. There was all this, there was this little club that used to step outside and smoke. Pam would be like, Jason, cigarette. And I just, I felt like the golden child killing (laughs) myself slowly for her attention. Wow. That's how you moved up in the world. It wasn't by sleeping with people. It was by smoking with people. Right. Yeah. Please, maybe if I had smoked, I would have been more successful. I just, I don't know. I just keep seeing people smoking everywhere. So I looked this up. The New York Times says that during the pandemic, cigarette sales rose for the first time in 20 years. People turned to smoking because, you know, they were stressed or bored or lonely or because the world was falling apart. So why not chain smoke? Mm -hmm. Also, just that sort of grungy, indie, moody, roll out of bed look really made a resurgence. And smoking became a cool fashion accessory again. Like, even Carrie started smoking again in And Just Like That. And I do whatever Carrie does. You told me that, like, all celebrities smoke. Who smokes? Oh, yeah. I think, like, low-key, all celebrities smoke. Like Now? Yeah. Like, you, uh... Like, okay, Britney Spears is a chain smoker, but I think yeah, everyone knows that. Jennifer that. Aniston is a smoker. Still? Um, Chris Jenner is a secret smoker. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <gasps> Jennifer 
Jennifer Aniston is a smoker? She definitely was in like the Friends days with like Brad Pitt. They would always be out smoking together. Oh my God. Well, Avina works wonders because she looks great. Yeah. You know, my friend Nathan and I have been re-watching. This is very niche. We have been re-watching, speaking of not hot shows, Project Greenlight from like... Uh, 2008, which is the Matt uh, Damon and Ben Affleck show. And in that show, Matt Damon is literally smoking cigarettes in every meeting, inside boardrooms, inside hotel rooms, on camera, just casually smoking. I think he does like two camera interviews where he's just smoking. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Lady Gaga, chain smoker. No. Yeah. Stop. With those powerhouse vocals? No. (gasps) Oh. She, she, she always says she's like Tony Tony Bennett tells me I gotta kick my smoking but I can't I can't even do it for Tony <laughs> <laughs> that's what she always says ladies and gentlemen if you've always wanted a Lady Gaga impression from Jason which I have honestly I've known you for 15 years there there it is Jason if Lady Gaga said to you hey come on out and have a smoke with me and we'll catch up would you take up smoking again yes 100% 100% And just like that, you're smoking again. I don't think I'm going to be smoking anytime soon. But let me tell you something. If I have a mysterious smoker's cough four episodes from now, (laughs) blame Jenna Ortega. (laughs) Influenced. What's next? What's next? Congratulations are in order for new dad-to-be Al Pacino. It was announced this week that he'll be welcoming a baby at 83 years old, just weeks after Robert De Niro welcomed a baby at 79 years old. So let's shower them with a segment called Old Dads. Old Dads. Old Dads. Yes, Al Pacino's 29-year-old girlfriend is due next month, and Al Pacino is reportedly, quote, excited to be a dad again. Maybe because he knows he won't have to be a dad for long. He's 83 now. By the time this baby graduates from high school, he'll be 100. This baby will be crossing the stage and dad will just be like wheeled in, into in the back row. Plus, just to dive deeper into the sex life of an octogenarian, Al Pacino's previous girlfriend said they broke up because he definitively didn't want to have more children. She said it was a hard no from him, a quote, rigid decision. Well, his new 29-year-old girlfriend, who it should be noted, has previously dated a billionaire and Mick Jagger, clearly didn't take no for an answer. I just think it's like one thing to have a hot, younger girlfriend. Okay, fine, Al Pacino. But you would think that by 83, you would know how birth control works. Do better, Al Pacino. Sidebar. Have I ever told you this, Jason? You know, I once did an episode of a sitcom And another one of the guest stars on my episode was like this hot, young Sofia Vergara type. And we became close during the week. And on tape day, I was like, oh, do you have anyone coming to the taping? And she said, yeah, her boyfriend was going to be there. And I said, oh, great. My boyfriend Evan is going to be there. Like, they can sit together. I imagined that this girl's boyfriend was like a young hunk. You know, she was hot. So that night, my boyfriend Evan sits down to watch the taping in the friends and family area and he is seated next to her boyfriend, Al Pacino. Wow. <laughs> and Al Pacino sat next to Evan the entire taping, 
eating pistachios. Okay. Just cracking open the shells and eating the pistachios throughout the live taping. And nobody could ask him to stop because it was Al fucking Pacino. And everybody was like, dear God, Al Pacino was watching our taping of this dumb sitcom. Second sidebar. That actress was named Lucila Sola, who is the mother of Camila Marone, who dated Leonardo DiCaprio for four years. Like mother, like daughter. But back to old dads. Old dads. Congratulations are also in order for Robert De Niro, who welcomed his seventh baby last month at the relatively ripe old age of 79. Young compared to Pacino. And his enthusiasm was palpable when asked about it on the Today Show. Can we say congratulations to you, Bob? Thank you. Do you know what we're congratulating you for? Yeah. A baby. Yeah. You got a new baby. Yes. How is fatherhood at this moment? This stage and age? Yeah, this stage and age. Listen, Al Pacino just had a baby, <laughs> I was told yesterday morning, and he's a few years older than me. God bless him. I'm very happy for him. But how does, how does fatherhood feel for you? It feels great. Yeah? It feels great, yeah. It feels great. They gave him a onesie as a gift on the show, and he was, like, holding it up like someone had handed him their dirty toilet paper. He was like, thank you. (laughs) I mean, I just don't, I can't help but think about my dad, who is 75, loves his grandkids, but also falls asleep while reading to his grandkids. You know? Everyone is entitled to make their own life decisions. I just don't know that in my golden years— I would want to be changing diapers, picking Cheerios off the floor, and reading Goodnight Moon, okay? I barely have the energy for it now. But a heartfelt congratulations to these new old dads. Old dads. I hope I bump into one of them at Baby and Me. (laughs) (laughs) Al Pacino just eating pistachios at the Gymboree. Is Gymboree still a thing? Yes, I went this weekend. Okay. I always thought it was like a suburban Canada thing, but it's bigger than oh, that. Oh, no. While you were off, you know... Chain smoking with Pam? While you were off chain smoking with Pam, I was <laughs> yeah. with, with Romy at Gymboree, okay? Oh. <laughs> Shit pops off at Gymboree. Right. And that's why I never tell you what I do on the weekend. I'm always like, my weekend was fine. <laughs> As if I broke it down, it would send you into a depression. All right. That's about enough straight news for one episode. Let's get to the gay stuff. Drag is under attack right now. In the U.S. in particular, bans have been placed on drag shows across the country because there is nothing scarier than a drag queen. But I'm brave enough to call one to talk about the bans, the pride controversies, the time she worked with Justin Bieber, and equally important, the time she worked with me. It's time to phone a friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. I am phoning the Queen Priyanka, who is not just the winner of Drag Race Canada. She is a bona fide global drag superstar. She's performed around the world. She is a pop star with hit singles. She's a brand ambassador. She's a former YTV host, a former MTV intern. And we have so much to catch up on. Hello? Hello, Priyanka. Oh, my God. I've been waiting for you to call me. Have you really? I have been. I've just been, like, <sighs> like wait. Ever since you started this podcast, I've been looking at my phone, like, Ugh, is it time? Waiting. Is it time? Waiting. Is it time? Waiting. And then Pride Month, 
begun and you knew this was our time. Happy Pride Month. Oh my God, thank you. You know, like any other person out there, you just you just wait for the gayest time of year to call your drag friend. I think that's that's the best time to call us because mm-hmm. we are happiest oh, during this time. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. And most exhausted. Like this is the time where you like, have you ever like slept in your makeup to go to like do morning news or something ever? Like the night Literally before? twice a week. Go on. Okay, so you yeah. do it. So you get it. Yeah. 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 The, the, this is the time where, where you sleep on your back. You just take your lashes off. Right. <laughs> and yes, you like you sleep on your lash. back. And you just <gasps> wake up and just do some quick touch-ups at 6 a.m. And then you're off to your next pride gig. It is It is a grind. It is do a grind. Know, I often think that I wish I wore a wig because my getting ready time would be so much less oh, if I could true. just pop it on. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sometimes that's I think fair. about it. Yeah. We'll get into all of it. But wow. can we talk about you? Can we start? Let's, let's talk about me. I have so much to, to tell you. Ah, yes, you do. And I have so many questions to ask you because we go we go way back. And because you really are a superhero to me, I think we should dive into your origin story, like the Joker style. Because before you became <laughs> the drag phenomenon you are today, you literally started from the bottom. As an MTV intern. Oh, trauma, trauma, trauma. Was Wait, that that wasn't was traumatic? It trauma? I mean, like, I I don't think it was traumatic. I actually liked it. Everything was great there. It wasn't until I'm trying to think of like my horror years, my horror, horror <laughs> my horror, years? My horroring your, years. Yeah. You know when things got crazy when I had to be like a wrangler at the Much Music Video Awards and like be like with celebrities and like get Avril Lavigne her coffee and if she didn't get her coffee mm. she would say that she's not going to go on stage and like I was <gasps> the person to get those. Like oh my those God. are the bad. Those are the stories. What was the craziest story that happened to you behind the scenes doing that? I think that seeing um, Selena, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm dead. seeing Selena Gomez uh-huh. like totally be like taken advantage of by Justin Bieber, not in like the sexual har- harassment way, okay. but in, in a way of like he kept like calling her and being like, "Yeah, I'm at the hotel," and then she's like, "Where are you?" He's like, "No, I'm at the hotel." And then he would like, but we knew on on our end that he was like not at the hotel because <gasps> he was like upstairs in the same room. In, <gasps> you know, in the green room and she was hosting that year. It was like drama and I loved it. I, I would say like being, like really feeling like I was a part of the celebrity world for that moment was, you know, was cuckoo bananas. Those are the crazy stories. Or like when Drake didn't show up for his sound check and Justin Bieber asked me for a tie to go pen. Like what? <gasps> and, then, and imagine being like someone like you just want your dreams to come true so bad, right? You would like want right. to be an A-list celebrity and here you are. That was your dream at the time. I mean, I just wanted to make it. I wanted to entertain people, but I didn't yeah. know how, what, where, when, how. But that was it. Those were the crazy stories. I can't believe that I met you so long ago. Was that over I a decade know. ago? We're old now. Over a decade ago. We're so, Well, one of us is. So <laughs> from there, from getting in between Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez's drama, yes. getting the Tide pen, you go on to become <laughs> a YTV host. Yes. I mean, I was first, also a YTV host. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, you did Weird on Wheels. I sure did. So you want to know something so hilarious? Please. Like, like you were, you are, I guess, I guess were, are, the one who would always, like, the, the success story. We'd be like, <gasps> Jessie Crookshank, she did this job and she made it. So, like, we're going to make it one day. Is that wild? From YTV. From YTV, yeah. That is wild. Because <laughs> for my phone of friends... Weird on Wheels. At the time, I was in college. Like, it was the coolest job I could ever get. But when you look at it on paper, I was driving a giant octopus truck across <laughs> the country and yep. performing in Walmart parking lots mm-hmm. for, like, 
75 young children who would show up in Toronto, Nova Scotia. Like, that was the job. And, like, the kids wouldn't really care about us as the patrol members. They would just be there for the free shit. So you started at Weird on Wheels? Yes. (gasps) I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't? Yeah, I totally did. Like, if you wanted it, that is that is paying your dues in oh, that truck. Oh, we paid our dues. Standing yeah. in the sun in a mm. yeah a Walmart mm. parking lot, screaming your your voice would get raspy, yeah. and you you'd yeah. be like, "I'm an entertainer. Like this yeah. is it. This is it." Of course. And then I was like, "I need to show these people that I can be a star." So I cut together a demo oh of my myself God. doing random things and sent it in, and they said no. <laughs> <laughs> they said, I was waiting for this to be the big reveal. They, they said, said no. They said no. Okay. But there was another producer who just really believed in me, thank God, and kept fighting for me to be a, a host. And then finally, the executives at The Zone saw me and were like, hey, like, let's get this motherfucker on the air. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then the craziest thing about this is is, is, is I just recently found out, I was like, <gasps> kind of, t- you know, having some drinks with some people. And they were telling me that, like, the head of marketing at YTV yeah. was like, he doesn't fit our brand. Isn't that crazy? Wait. I, I, <laughs> wait, I, <laughs> I want to hear more about that because truly, like, you're you're on this kids' show, a kids' uh-huh. network. You're this huge, fun, wacky Like flamboyant, wearing flamboyant. bright colors, hair is really tall. Were you able to be yourself on a kids' TV show? Could you wear what you wanted to wear, do what you wanted to do? I was. It was all fine until I started drag. Like, that's when things got a little... <laughs> risque. So I was doing drag in the nighttime and then working during the day as a kid's television host. Isn't that, isn't that wild? You're I think about that often actually. basically Hannah Montana, okay? Kids TV host by day, drag queen by night. Yeah, like I kept my Instagram private on for like my Priyanka thing. <gasps> and then I had a bunch of like interesting conversations with production. I was basically just like, it's 2017. There is no way that I can't be a drag queen and a kids TV host. Thank God I had that nerve. Like I that can't is, believe you had. It just that came nerve. out. It just came out of me. I was like, I don't, I don't know. But it was a growing pain because, yeah, I could imagine at this time, like, basically, how does this kids television host now do drag? Like, what if the ch- if the children find out? What do we do? Interesting. Back God, then. That feels so relevant to what we're going to talk about now, everything <laughs> that's know. happening in the world. So when did you say, screw these kids, I'm going to pursue drag <sighs> instead of hosting? It was when the Drag Race, Canada's Drag Race auditions opened up. Uh-huh. It literally came up and I had one of those like movie moments, like, <gasps> my life is going to change. I just knew it. I just knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I remember about you. This is what's crazy is I remember you early on because you were so memorable. And I've had many interns that I have been around, but you stick out because you clearly had drive. You were super unique and you were always yourself. So that doesn't surprise me. And like so confident in yourself. That doesn't surprise me that you see this thing for something you haven't been doing very long, right? You had only been doing drag for a couple of years. Oh, yeah, like a year and a half when the Canada's Drag Race. So you see that they're casting, you audition. Fast forward, you win Canada's Drag Race. Isn't that something? It's (laughs) it's so wild. Even when I heard this, I was like, wait, Suki, because I knew you. Yes. I was like, knew you as Suki. Yes. Like, 
Suki won Drag Race? Wait, <laughs> who? What happened? And then you you don't just become a Canadian star. You become a global drag star overnight, okay? Yeah. You release an EP. You uh -huh. make music videos. Uh -huh. You tour the world. You break so many barriers, Priyanka. You Priyanka. become the first drag queen to cover Elle Canada. The yes. first drag queen, I think, to be a host on a primetime entertainment show with yep. Talk. First yep. queen to host a country music yeah, award show. Yeah, we both did show. that too. You we did both that too. did that too. Yeah. <laughs> you hosted the Canadian Country Music Awards. Yes. And by the way, you opened that singing Man, I Feel Like a Woman, right? As per Shania's request, by the Excuse way. Excuse moi. Yes, yes. I was all like, ah, just singing Man, I Feel Like a Woman is a little hokey pokey to me. Like, that's kind of like a little too on the nose, but unless you're trying to make a joke of it, sure. And then I got a call from the producers and they were like, hey, so like, we're not telling you have to sing this song, but like let, let's tell you the story of how like Shania's management contacted us and said that she only wants to let you sing this song during the CCMAs. Because if you listen to it's a medley with me and the co-host, man, I feel like a what woman ends and then the other co-host sings another song. So I was the only one that Shania said was allowed to sing. Like this is this oh. is what I'm, like this is the sh this is the shit I'm talking about. Like this this is like wow. Wow how? This how? kid that was literally getting Justin Bieber a top Time 10 to <laughs> is now getting blessed by Shania Twain to sing her song on stage in a stadium. Like in it's a stadium. Wild. Yeah, it was one of those moments where I was like, I have to like let this sink into my. I remember standing there still, and I remember being so present because I made sure that that moment was not going to be a whirlwind or something that I forgot about. Because mm. life moves real fast, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I still remember standing there, being like, "Here I am. Here I am. White conservatives, take it. Take oh my it, god." Bitch. Do you know, I felt the same way hosting the Country Music Awards. Right? I was like, it's I'm about empowering. to make a lot of jokes in front of a lot of middle-aged white men. Mm -hmm. Let's see how this goes. Can we just note that we both started at MTV, <laughs> then went to YTV, and then eTalk, and then the Canadian Country Music Awards. And I do my best to look like a drag queen, so I feel like we have a we're both, eerie, we're both in drag. Yeah, I was gonna say, eerie, like... uh, amount of things in common. We're the same person. <laughs> I... It's funny, I was really um, inspired by your journey because there wasn't any right way. You were just like hustling and going for it. It wasn't like, I went to school and then became a host. It was like, you took all the jobs, you like made your own, you hustled, you hustled, you hustled, you were funny. You, you could tell that everything that you started and, and produced, everything that you started, you were very hands-on. You could just tell. And like now, because of that, like I am that exact same way. So. Mm. Thanks, Queen. I, I see that in you so much. And you know what it is? It's that you know exactly who you are and yeah. you don't compromise. You're on a kid's show and you're still you. Do you know what I mean? You're in drag, you're out of drag, you're always you. And 100%. I think that that is actually a really sort of rare quality, especially in Canada where, you know, no offense, but we tend to, our stars tend to be sort of safe. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Oh, yes. Canadian stars are like not going to ruffle any feathers. We're we're safe. We're not going to say anything we shouldn't. And so when mm -hmm. you can sort of break beyond that, it's a it's a thing. It totally is a thing. And can I ask you this? There are so many different lanes for drag queens. There's the lip syncers. There's some that mm -hmm. lean more into comedy. Some focus more on fashion and costumes. You are all of the above, but also just a pop star. 
I know. It is such a... I remember performing in my, in my bedroom as a kid. Okay. I'd like hang up curtains and like turn the lamp towards myself so it was the spotlight and perform Pussycat Dolls and like, <gasps> Destiny's Child and like mm. really just live like a little slut. And <laughs> now... <laughs> and now to just like be slot, like opening for Charlie XCX and Lord and Pablo Vitar and like I'm performing at these like real music festivals it yeah. feels like that feels for some reason after all the things that I've been through and done for some reason this feels like this feels crazy but then it was like when you ha- when you're given such a platform like Drag Race yeah. and you win Canada's Drag Race I was like I think I should just like go for it and see what happens but even when I released the music I was like a little shy about it now I'm full blown now I'm like stream my song bitch and here we are your new single is called Bad Bitches Don't Cry it's a fucking jam a jam and I don't mean this in a bad way but I have talked extensively on this show about the music on Selling Sunset and I feel (laughs) like Bad Bitches Don't Cry Needs to be in an episode. Oh. Someone needs to teeter out of a broker's open with yes. their tits out and that song playing. Would well, you give your blessing? I would give my blessing. Like, that's how the song came to be. Like, that's what? why Christine Quinn follows me on Instagram now. Stop. Yeah, it's because when we're writing the song, Ralph, the co-writer slash collaborator on that yes. song, she comes into the, to the writing session and is like, what do you want to write about today? And I was like, it just needs to be like fierce, empowering. And she's like, well, I was watching Selling Sunset last night. <gasps> Yeah. And Christine Quinn was bullied at a party and her friend pulled her aside and said, bad bitches don't cry. And I said, let's write it. Shut up. Yeah. The song is literally based on a Christine Quinn yes. line from Selling Sunset. Yes. <laughs> I'm fucking dead. Yeah. I mean, this is... This is amazing. Unbelievable. This is truly unbelievable. Yeah. So like they... Since then, have listened to the song. They love it. So Chelsea is her friend and Christine. Um, very familiar. Very familiar. They love the song. I got the blessing. So I have a blessing, but now they need to put it in the show. You knew, It's like you knew. Let me let me talk to my friends, Amanda, Adam DeVello. I'll get Bad Bitches Don't Cry on the show. Because it's 100%. like, that's what the essence of the song is. It gives me selling sunset from start to finish. What is a bad bitch, Priyanka? And why don't they cry? A bad bitch is... The person that makes their dreams come true because they just want to. Mm. You know, I feel like the no's in my career, Mm -hmm. as I just said, like I told you, like I sent in my demo, they said no. Mm -hmm. I had a guidance counselor that told me that like, don't go into television, you're not going to get a job, you won't won't be a star. Wow. Um, A a lot of, even still up to these days, I mean, even at the Country Music Awards, I was told that I can't sing my own song. And I was like, I'm going to sing my song. And they're like, well, you're not nominated. And I was like, yeah, but you're not going to, parade off of having this drag queen host just to show your inclusivity and not actually feature her as an artist make mm. it make sense mm. and then they, they were like no problem so I wrote, I wrote a song you know I think all these things like and it's easy to take oh. no and like that a no is kind of satisfying because you're just kind of like well you know what that's fine because it's not meant to be yeah but I'm like fuck that bitch I decide what's meant to be and I feel like a lot of us need that like empowerment to keep on keeping 
Doesn't so it feel so good to not be driving an octopus truck, just doing whatever someone tells you to do, and instead be driving, metaphorically speaking, the octopus yes. truck that is your own career? 100%. Now I am the octopus. You are the octopus. Yes, but looks a lot prettier than Melissa McCarthy's makeup in Little Mermaid. Oof. We were going to get to that. Yes, I, I have, have a, a game for you, and I, I need wait. your damn take. Okay, <laughs> I also just need a little bit of this in my life right now because this is like yeah check my flow never let a hater make you act like a hater because they better that you better don't forget her. <laughs> yes bad bitches bad don't cry, don't cry. Listen, uh, you're I mean anthemic I'm just going to put this out there. Your co-writer and um, the other person on this song is a Ralph. red-headed lady, I believe. We love her. Yeah, so, yeah, she dyed her hair like orange now. It's like a okay. coppery, yeah. Well, I am jealous and threatened, to be honest. So, so yes. next time there's a single, just I hope you would think of me. I will think of you definitely, especially because you're a drag artist now. I'm, I'm hearing Thank you. Lashes, Thank you so much. Yeah, makeup, if you want to reach an elder millennial crowd— <laughs> who will listen to your song after preschool drop-off, then consider including me. The moms love me, by the way. I, I'm one of them. You're, oh, yeah, you're a mom. Oh, yes. oh, yeah, you're a mom. You have well, twins then, and another one, right? Yes, th- exactly how I refer to them, too. Twins and another one. <laughs> is anyone watching that other one? <laughs> Where is that other one? This actually really brings us into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about because one of the reasons I called you is, as you know, sadly, drag is under attack right now in the U.S. in particular. Mm-hmm. Florida, Alabama, Kansas, and Texas have placed bans on drag shows, particularly drag shows when children, children are, there, are yeah. present. Um, and FYI, if you were to perform a show in drag and a child were to see it in Texas, you could go to prison for a year. Whoa. What is this about? Why are some people so afraid of drag queens? <laughs> I know it, it feels like I was actually kind of like really frustrated today because mm-hmm. of all the, the 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 drag bands. I don't really know how we ended up being the target, mm-hmm. but what happens is usually the conservatives like shift their target. Like you know, it sometimes it, it it's like it's like black people. That then it goes to Asian people, and then it goes to trans people, then it goes to black trans people, mm. then it goes to the now it's drag. It's like, it seems to be like a, it always is like let's find a minority group to make them feel even more uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of I I think that drag was a fad. It was like wow, like there was this RuPaul show, Ooh, right. and the moms were loving it, mm-hmm. and then it became. so it it has become super mainstream. It's like in commercials. Yeah. It's in mainstream movies. Please. Except, I mean, you you're know, selling everywhere. me Shopper's Drug Mart, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yes. You know, like there's so much more representation, which is so beautiful. But then you think of like now when, I, when anything becomes super mainstream like that, although it's such a beautiful thing that it's everywhere now it it has awakened the conservative beasts out there to be like we hate this thing because it must be brainwashing our children and like it's scary and it's annoying because like as queer people we 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 fought for this we're like oh my god we finally have something that's a really big deal and it's everywhere and we have these opportunities and we can make lu- lu- lucrative careers off mm-hmm. this thing and now it's i don't i don't want to say it's like 
over for us, but it's just like now there's more of a fight that we have to fight, which is very interesting. I mean, I even look at like my last uh, three years since winning Canada's Drag Race and this pride is busy, but a lot of brands have not come knocking because they don't want to put a drag queen on their brand. Interesting. Okay. It's wild. I so I want to talk about that too because it feels like there are certain there are different forms of uh, silencing the drag community that are happening. But can we can we talk about the whole element of children? I mean, that's really the focus here. Is that these conservatives don't want children being exposed to drag? What would you say to some parents who don't think drag shows are appropriate for children? Right? Like drag. Yeah, I think I I kind of I won't lie i think that a lot of there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to the the queer community i remember saying before i came up to my dad that like all what he thinks gay people are are like orgies and like pride parade floats with their shirts off having sex with each other Mm -hmm. that's how the media portrayed gay people Mm -hmm. for a very long time Mm -hmm. so i can understand how this has happened i can see the pattern the perception i definitely get it the children thing, because drag queen story times are so popular, it was just an easy target. Like, it was just something that, like, we don't exist in front of children anywhere else unless it's an all-ages show. But, like, right. we we exclusively invite kids to come watch us read books. Mm-hmm. Which, um, by the way, started with the idea of promoting literacy and diversity for kids, yeah. right? Oh and God, suddenly totally. it's been weaponized as being uh, some kind of act of grooming. Like, yeah. why do you think it, it's it's... It's okay for drag queens to read to kids. I've done it before. Yeah. And I actually think that it is. Okay. <laughs> this is going to sound a little controversial. I actually hate it because I have to sit there and read a fucking book. I, I'm like, am I, am, I, am, I, am I my kindergarten teacher? I'm like, and then the fish said hi to his friend. Then you don't do that. Like, what am I doing there? I want to be, like, doing a high kick and splitting to Ariana Grande. You know Wait, what I Priyanka, mean? Priyanka, are you secretly behind the bill in Montana to, dra- <laughs> yeah. to ban drag story time? I'm like, I'm like, dra- I'm yeah, I'm yeah. the reason. I'm the reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it, it's so, it's so, it's so catered towards children that it's so safe. It's so, right. mon- it's so just like these parents bring their kids. The kid's like, wow, wigs, costumes. Are you really a boy? And then you can answer those really great questions. Like, yes, I actually am a boy. And I'm, I'm, you know, and, and, and I, and I dress up as a woman or some of them are trans. Like, no, I'm actually trans and I am a girl or, or I'm not buying, you know, there's so much education and such a casual like a casual situation where it's like seeing a clown and be being like, what is, what's under that? That as a kid, I always wondered like who's under that, you know, it's the same idea. So I think for, for, for kids, it's actually the most safest controlled way to learn about a drag queen um, and learn about uh, our community versus, you know, being preached at church every Sunday. Where's my damn air horn sound effect? (laughs) The other thing that is funny to me as a parent is it's not like drag queens are like following me around out of school, (laughs) forcing my children to watch them be body. Like Uh -uh. I, as a parent, would choose if I want to take my kid to a drag brunch or a drag story time. And and if I choose to do that, that's good for me. And if, if I choose not to, that's my choice too. It's like we are 
this, all these regulations are not about the kids. It is about silencing the LGBTQ plus community. And that's yes. the scariest thing. 100%. I think that as a parent, if you were like, yeah, I don't want to take my kid to a drag bunch because they're going to be performing like songs with swear words in them. I think that that's totally fine. It has nothing sure. to do with drag queen. It's like, you just don't want to hear your kid come back and saying like, I don't know, fuck my pussy with a rake mom when she's home. Like, again, I mean, it. that's my two year old's favorite song. But, anyways, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the other one's favorite yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one loves that song. What's her name? I'm sure she's listening to it now. She's, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but as you said, it's just like, it's a, it's a silence to, to the community. It's wild. It's wild and it's scary. And you know what? As Canadians, it's easy for us to say, oh, this is an America problem. But maybe it's spreading. Right? A Catholic school board in the Toronto area just voted against raising a pride flag outside of a Catholic education center during Pride Month. How did you feel when you heard that? I won't lie to you. I actually got very sad. Did a bad bitch cry? A bad bitch was about to cry. Yeah. I kind of like hugged my boyfriend. He was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm actually like frustrated. Like, like, but bef- I feel so powerful all the time with mm. all these things and being able to speak up against it. And this felt, I just felt sad for this. I went to a Catholic school. I'm not Catholic, but I went to Catholic school. And I just couldn't, um, and I remember at my school, they had like an LGBT alliance back then. And it was kind mm. of like, oh, the, the, those are the gay kids. And I'm like, oh, I will never be gay. Cut, cut to me now. Cut to me now. <laughs> and, um, Wait, don't you have a t-shirt that says just be gay? Just be gay. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And um, it just breaks my heart for the kids. Like, raise the fucking flag. Right. And why Why would that be important for a kid to see a pride flag, you know, it's from just, your experience? Because like, even for me, having been closeted so much in my life, I at least still remember that even back then, my school still accepted it a little bit. Even mm. though I got called gay, even though I got bullied for this, blah, 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 blah. I still knew that, that there was a light at the end of the tunnel that, like, I'm not alone. And, like, mm. that is the worst part about coming out is the isolation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. It's awful. And that simple act of your school raising a flag during Pride Month it can make the world of difference to somebody who, oh, who might be in your position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the final conversation that's happening is around the inclusion of drag entertainers or LGBTQ plus people in corporate campaigns. You mentioned this earlier. There was this hateful backlash against Bud Light when they included mm-hmm. trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney in their campaign. So now other companies are scared and they're pulling Pride campaigns out of fear. It was interesting when... We kind of started this year and it was like, okay, like you want to, like your album's going to come in October. We're for sure going to get some sponsorships this year. So like, let's like guesstimate how much we think we're going to make this year off of sponsorships and like put mm-hmm. that into your album. Because every every single dollar I make goes back into my drag. You use your brand partnerships to support your music and my your projects. Drag. Yeah. And by the way, you've been a brand partner like with everything from Shoppers Drug Mark to Soda Stream to BMO, everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I literally almost got into a car accident seeing your face on a Vizzy billboard <laughs> in Vancouver. I was like, Suki? <laughs> yeah, Suki, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So you've seen that kind of slow down. For for a lot of queens, I mean, I, I was kind of keeping hush-hush about it. But then when I would hear from queens who are local girls, either in Toronto or New York or LA, and they'd be like, hey, like, do you have any Pride campaigns this year? And I'm like, no, why do you? They're like, no, I, I don't even got a float during the Pride Parade. Every drag queen has a float during the Pride Parade. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, but I don't even have a float during the, the Pride Parade this year. Like, it, it's like... 
And it's it's because wow. of I think it's because of the Bud Light thing. I mean, like the fact that 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 they saw like a drop in their sales numbers mm-hmm. because of it. Like the minute that you put n- numbers to a corporation, they're all scared. They they, they don't want to be the hero. Mm. So it's it's kind of fucked up. That's fucked up and that's scary. And I'm just going to put this out there on the record that the only reason I buy Vizzy to get a little buzz on at a children's birthday party <laughs> is because you advertised it to me. Yeah, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you are an eTalk correspondent. I now. am. You were too, right? Absolutely. You were for a bit. And now you have to stay up on pop culture. So I, we decided that because your hit single is called Bad Bitches Don't Cry, I'd like to end this conversation by playing a game with you called Bad Bitch, Mad Bitch, Sad Bitch. Oh, obsessed. Okay, obsessed. so here's how it's going to work. I'm going to tell you something happening in pop culture. Mm-hmm. You tell me if it makes you a mad bitch, mm-hmm. a sad bitch, or a bad bitch, meaning like, fuck yeah, love it. Got okay, it? Love it. Okay. Mad, now, sad, bad. Whenever I have singers on this show, I ask them to create the jingle for their own game. So would you bless us with a jingle for bad bitch, mad bitch, sad bitch? Yeah. Um, Okay, here here we go. Um, Okay. Five, six, seven, eight. Mad bitch, sad bitch, mm. you a bad bitch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mad bitch, sad bitch, you a bad bitch. 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 I just took my top off. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can see her boobs. Oh, my Milky. God. Do you still breastfeed? No, not, not when they're two. I do. Go ahead and judge. Yeah. With the teeth on your nipple? Oh, she walks up to me and says, mommy, eat boobies. That's where and we're at. And you just pull out your tit and Absolutely. you're like, suck it, baby. <gasps> that's be- I think I think that's fine, right? Is that fine or is that is that like faux pas or what they call? Listen, it's, it's got, I have to, at a certain point, it has to end. And thank <laughs> you for calling it a tit because I really only refer to it as like a, a breast. <laughs> so I appreciate the compliment. Um, oh my God, that was so good. So good. So good. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Answer as fast as you can. Mad okay. bitch, sad bitch, bad bitch. Okay. Scandaval. What is that? What? What's Scandaval? Stop it right now. Is that a Taylor Swift song? No, bitch. It's what? a scandal with Tom Sandoval and Ariana Maddox from Vanderpump Rules. What's happening? What? Wait, I don't... No! Wait, tell me. Stop! Is it because they're not gay? Is that why? They're uh, absolutely not gay. They're actually... I believe that on the spectrum of what's gay and what is not gay, Vanderpump Rules is squarely not gay. Right. But some of those guys do a little cocaine on the weekends and definitely get their dick sucked by other guys, right? We're thinking... <laughs> You tell me. You perform in LA all the time. Have you seen a small little mustache trying to get some in a bathroom at Tom Tom? You let me know, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. You, I'll, I'll phone you. Oh my God! I guess you could just say pass, bitch, because you don't know Scandaval. Pass, bitch. Okay. Well, I have an episode with Sheena Shea where I break it all down. Highly recommend. I'll text you. Need need to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry and Meghan's car chase in New York City. Fake, bitch. I think it's a fake made-up story. Fake I think it's fake. You. Do you think so, too? Yes. Fake, bitch. Thank you. Thank you. Ben Affleck, always looking mad with J-Lo. That bitch. I'm obsessed. Oh, really? I am so obsessed because J-Lo is such a perfectionist. So to have Ben Affleck be like a snotty little child, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's my fucking... Everything is so, like... You know how J-Lo is. Everything is very like, not now, sweetie, not now, sweetie. The camera's uh-huh, on, uh-huh, not now. Uh-huh. But Ben just like slumping over, opening the car door for her. You know, <laughs> it is amazing. I fucking love it. 
Because that's, that. that's true love. That is putting up with your partner mm. when in all their fucking moods is mm. true love. The same way that mine puts up with all my, my moods. It's it's the best. And Savage. I think Ben Affleck and J Lo really do symbolize true love for our generation. So I'm I think so you. too. Yeah, because you know ups and yeah. downs. What a story. <gasps> Elizabeth Holmes starting her 11 year prison sentence. Sad bitch. Sad bitch. I think so. I don't know. You can still feel sad bitch for a well, white for her. collar criminal who's leaving her two children to go to prison for 11 years. That's I, fine. I think I'm sad for the kids. The kids have no choice that, mm. you know, mm. what their mm. mom does. Let's just hope they don't have to see any drag queens I know, in the my next God. 11 years. <laughs> oh, that would destroy them. <laughs> Shania Twain's wigs. <gasps> <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen my face. I, was, <laughs> I gave a really awful face. Although we love Shania. We love the bitches. her. The, the, sorry, the wigs make me a sad bitch. Because as someone who has great a great hair team. Great wigs. I could suggest uh-huh. somebody to her. Constructive. Love it. Okay. Um, Melissa McCarthy's makeup in The Little Mermaid. Mad bitch because the artist, the makeup artist said... Like he was offended by everyone saying that they should have hired a queer makeup artist. And it's not about being gay. It's not about them being queer. Right. I, a lot of perspective was like, why don't you just hire like someone who does RuPaul's makeup to do this big, big, huge Disney thing, you know? Drag like persona. Yeah. yeah. So that's why it didn't make sense. Beyonce's Renaissance tour. Oh, bad bitch. Oh, the baddest bitch. Are you going to go in LA? No. I've. Do you think I have the connections to get tickets? Absolutely not. Or the credit card space. Holy shit. The I have none of the things to get into the Beyonce tour, but I would like sell my body. I would sell yes. my breast milk, my body, whatever it takes. Whatever you need. So TBD, I hope to be there. Okay. Finally, Pete Davidson's rumored monster dick. <gasps> Wait, I saw it. What? We all saw his dick. You when? saw his dick. I did not see you his dick. You did see his dick. Remember when his, his dick pic leaked like a, like years ago? No. What is wrong with you? You should be ashamed of yourself. You don't know Scandival and I don't know <laughs> Pete Davidson's monster dick pic? Yeah. Googling. What do I have to Google? Pete Davidson nudes. Now my phone is going to really never be the same. I remember it. Here, this one. You found it? I just, it's just sitting right in front of me. He's holding his dick right in front of me. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Pete Davidson is holding his dick right in front of you currently. And I don't know what to do. And you it's, don't know what to oh, do. Oh, wait, I know what to do. I know what to do. Here, let me send you the link. Oh my God. He's sending me a link. This is everything. This is about I cannot to... believe. No, okay. never seen this. And I've talked about this dick so many times I'm on this shocked. show. This leaked in like, I think 07. Wait, I wanna say. this is not Pete Davidson. This is Pete, oh, Pete Wentz. Ah! Ah! <laughs> I thought you said Pete Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Now wait, I am sitting in front of a wait. picture of <laughs> Pete Wentz of Fallout Boy, former husband of Ashley Simpson, uh, holding his dick. That's this what I'm looking at. The best day and I'll of my never life. be the same. The fact <laughs> that I sent you an unsolicited dick pic is my favorite thing to happen today. Oh my God. This is this why is... children should not watch drag queens. This is the reason. <laughs> because your child will sit down and before they know it, they're Googling Pete Wentz dick pics. <laughs> This has been a true 
honor, blessing. We've learned so much about each other, and that is yes. how you play Mad Bitch, Sad Bitch, Bad Bitch. Q theme song. Mad Bitch, Sad Bitch, you a bad bitch. Uh huh, uh huh. Mad Bitch, Sad Bitch, you a bad bitch. Bitch. Mad Bitch, Sad Bitch, Bad Bitch. Thank you. Thank you. My nipples just felt something for the first time what? in six years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Priyanka, you are forever a bad bitch. Thank you. If you are a bad bitch, what kind of bitch am I? I? I mean, you're the bad bitch. As I said, you inspired me, so I don't know what else to tell you. The old bad bitch? The old, <laughs> yeah, granny bad bitch. <laughs> I'll take it. <gasps> Stream Priyanka's single, Bad Bitches Don't Cry, which, by the way, we end every episode of this show with a song. Legal <gasps> permission to use yours? Legal. Permission to use my song. Follow at the Queen Priyanka on Instagram. Anything else we need to look out for? Um, Oh, I'm going to be on a Netflix show called Glamorous with Kim Cattrall. O-M-G. Tell me everything. This month, I met her. She's amazing. I have like... I did like a bunch of days on the set and I'm in three episodes and she is so fucking professional. Speak of a bad bitch, that bitch is the baddest of them all. She really is. Do you foresee uh, yourself getting into a public feud with her or? Uh, no, but okay. I need to tell you something really funny before I go. Ugh. A drag queen, whereas it was me and two other drag queens mm-hmm. and one of them made a joke about like things like taking a little bit long and Kim Cattrall said to her, well, when you're getting paid to be here, you can just shut the fuck up. <gasps> Isn't that amazing? That's absolutely incredible. Listen, <laughs> let me just take the um, Pete Wentz nudes that I have up on my phone and get back to my air horn sound effect <laughs> for Kim Cattrall. That's amazing. Well, when you're, what is the quote? Well, when you're being paid to be here, you, you can just ba- shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, thank you for having me. Oh my God, thank you for being here. You haven't been paid to be here, but I appreciate your time. Of course. And now we have to say bye. Bye. Well, just bye for now. Bye for now. See you later. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Bye, bad bitch. Bye, bitch. The Queen Priyanka. The baddest bitch of them all. Starring in Glamorous with Kim Cattrall, who... I should mention, we'll also be returning to And Just Like That next season. Not in the same room as SJP, obviously. Probably not even in the same state. Still exciting. Also exciting, a Trump-appointed judge surprisingly rejected a proposed drag ban in Tennessee this week, calling it unconstitutional, which is a huge victory for the LGBTQ community. And you better believe those bad Republican bitches were crying, okay? They were pissed. Thank you again to Priyanka. We love her. Get that queen, all the brand partnerships. And I don't know how on this Pride episode with a drag star, we somehow went from talking about drag bands to an emo singer's dick pic from 2007. But that is the journey we take you on here on Phone a Friend. After the break, I am taking you behind the microphone of Phone a Friend to tell you how we book our guests, like actually how we do it, and which stars have been coming out of the woodwork to get on this show. That's next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We are back, bad bitches. And I think we should check my voicemail. Check, check, check your voicemail. Hey, Jackie, this is Annalisa from Toronto. So I have two things to ask you. First off, I'm so sad that I didn't get to come see you on your tour. So is there anywhere that I can watch a recording of it? Or can you just go on tour again? Second, I absolutely loved the Phone a Friend episode where you talked about Selling Sunset because Selling Sunset is the first reality show I've seen since Lagoon Beach, The Hills, The City, and of course, your after shows. Would you consider doing a Selling Sunset after show? Or, you know, whether it's just a small segment on Phone a Friend each week, because that would be amazing. Anyways, thank you so much. I love Phone a Friend and can't wait to listen to the next show. Take care. Oh, I love that. Hi, Annalisa. First of all, I am working on a way for you to see the tour, and I will go on tour again, I promise. I may even do this podcast live at some point, so watch this space. As for Selling Sunset, funny you should ask about me doing a Selling Sunset after show because allow us to lift the curtain, if you will, for a moment. So when Selling Sunset Season 6 came out, this was just a couple of weeks ago, I'm watching it, I immediately reached out to my favorite cast members to be on this show. Like, while I'm watching the episode, episodes, I'm writing notes to the cast. Amanda wrote back right away. I phoned her. That aired last week. And immediately after her episode drops, suddenly all the Oppenheim girls are coming out of the woodwork to be on Phone a Friend. Some of them heard Amanda's interview and wanted, you know, an opportunity to tell their side of the story on my show. I think some of them just saw that Amanda was doing press and also wanted to get press. Like, I don't know what is going on, but Jason and I have been fielding requests from Selling Sunset cast members all week long. And so we keep joking, like, is Phone a Friend just going to become the unofficial Selling Sunset after show? Maybe. Okay, Annalisa, I might just go through the cast one after the other, week after week, until I'm down to Brett Oppenheim in 2025. So TBD on who might make an appearance here. We try to make our calls the same week that the podcast airs so that I can call people about what's going on in the world and or on Sunset Boulevard, you know? So you never know. And I will say, I have been asked to host a lot of after shows. And I have said no to most of them. Because it's like, you know, Dan and I definitely said no to doing after show for The Hills 
Because it's like, you don't want to just become the after show girl. I mentioned this with Whitney. Dan and I said no to doing an after show for The Hills New Beginnings. And then fun fact, I was approached to host the Vanderpump Rules after show. Like, 10 plus years ago. And I said, no, because, you know, I wanted to do more than just talk about reality television. Plus they sent me a few episodes and I was like, eh, this show is trash. I give it one season tops. Cut to 10 years later and last night's final reunion episode is literally one of the most talked about shows on television. Okay, who knew? So thank you for your message, Annalisa. I I might just make your Selling Sunset dreams come true. And keep the voicemail messages coming. I truly, like, it makes my week. I love hearing from you. My number is in the description of this episode. Or leave me a voice note in Instagram, like slide into those DMs. I listen to those too. And that's our show. And with legal permission from Priyanka, I think we know what song we're ending our show with. Right, Jay? I think so. Let's do it. Bad bitches don't cry. <laughs> Ooh. This is the first time we're playing a song with permission from the artist, FYI. Okay, (laughs) I keep waiting to get served legal papers from Flo Rida. Huge thanks to the Queen Priyanka. And thanks to you, bad bitches. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends to listen, for leaving reviews, for posting about the show. I, I see and I appreciate it all. And I just realized that this bad bitch actually cried in this episode. Damn it. God, Jason, the one time. And happy Pride, truly. Just however you choose to celebrate, I hope you are finding a way to embrace diversity and acceptance and love in whatever shape or form that takes. Like, I love you, Jason. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Love you too. Not in a heterosexual way, but deep, true, lifelong love. Okay, I'm going to go lay out Rio and Dre's rainbow shirts for Pride Day tomorrow. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Bye, Jay. Bye. Bye, you bad bitch. Phone a Friend was created by our mommy, Jessie Crookson. The executive producers are Jessie Crookson and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone a Friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us, Ray Gatika and Real Gatika. We're her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay, see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.